Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. It's my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show. Our mission is to serve you and empower you so you make better financial decisions in your life. Now, I got so many questions about home ownership versus renting. Uh, almost two in three people choose home ownership. There are a lot of factors to look at, and I'm going to discuss some of those in today's market conditions. And later, have you had this experience where you go to a store and they're closed up tighter than a drum and they're not out of business, they're just not in business that day and you go to the supermarket, the shelves are empty, what's going on? I'm going to fill you in on why it is that traditional retail right now is not very reliable or dependable. So I want to talk about a few aspects of the housing market and there was a story that I saw in the Wall Street Journal that so spoke to me because it's something that I've talked about for decades. And so, of course, when I see something that puts meat on those bones and gives really solid stats, I thought, yeah, this is something that reinforces a message. So a lot of people, particularly from the Midwest and Northeast, will vacation in fun in the sun places. Uh, maybe Arizona, maybe Florida, uh, who knows where. South Carolina. So, yeah, wherever they go. And they'll be looking towards when they don't have to work anymore, when they get to retire. And they've always loved going to fill in the blank for vacation, whether it's Naples, Florida, or somewhere in central Florida or Clearwater or, uh, you know, going to Phoenix, Scottsdale, Tucson, wherever it is. I could name a bunch of places, but, you know, it's almost like a stereotype when you're in Arizona in the winter, you see all these license plates from the upper Midwest. You'd think that everybody in Minnesota has moved at least temporarily to Arizona. Snowbirds, right? Yes. So then people are thinking, you know, I love it there so much. And they decide that's where they want to go. And so when they're approaching retirement, either a couple of years out from retirement or in retirement, you decide to buy a place somewhere else. Well, there's a percent of people that do that, that it's absolutely the right decision. But there's more people who buy somewhere else that they loved going on vacation and find it's a different story being there year round. Because you got to be pretty wealthy to live in more than one place. So for most people when they're in retirement, it's either or. So it's just different when you go from enjoying a place 
a week or two or three a year to being there 52 weeks a year. And so it ends up being an expensive experiment when you buy a place where you've loved vacationing over the years, wherever that is, and wherever you're from in the United States, but especially when it's more than a day's drive away from where you've lived, you buy a place and then you're like, huh, we miss our family, maybe. Depends on the family. (laughs) We miss our friends. We miss whatever. And this isn't the fun we thought it would be. We're lonely here, whatever it is. And you say, oh, well, and you have to sell it. And there are certain market conditions like we've had with the run-up in housing prices from uh, 2012 till this 10-year cycle that you don't really get hurt because values have been going up at such a high rate. More about that in a second. But in a normal market condition, it's going to cost you some meaningful money buying a place then later selling it. And moving all those costs too. So I really love training wheels when you go into retirement. What are training wheels? You rent a place for a season first. Um, And then you see, does it really stick with you? And you know if you're going to rent for a season and you're from a cold weather climb and you rent in the winter, that's going to be really grading on a curve. Odds are it's going to be a really good choice. And there's a lot positive about just doing that every year. Even though you're like, I'm throwing all that money away on rent. Yeah, but you're not responsible for the the cost of that place going forward. You're not responsible for repairs, all those things. And when the wonderful time to be there is over, you go back home. And just a thought that whatever you do, even if you want to try year round, you rent for a year first. Because one of the most surprising things people find is even if there's an area that you want to live in, you may pick the wrong part of that area, the wrong neighborhood, the wrong part of town, the wrong whatever. Because when you're looking at it, you're looking completely through rose-colored glasses. But when you live there, it's a different experience. And that's why renting when you're relocating at retirement is a good halfway house before you decide on your forever house. Because you may decide it should never go beyond a quarter way or halfway house. Just want you to think about that. And the stats are really strong on that. Um, Another thing, we're an unusual cycle in most of America in the housing market. We have rents that have been going up a lot. We have home prices that have been going up a lot. Now we have, on top of it, mortgage rates going up because of inflation, part of which is being caused by the run-up in housing costs. So this is one of those cycles where unless you're looking at a long-term ownership, renting in most of America is a better choice than buying. If you know that what you're going to buy is a 10-year cycle and you're going to buy in 22 and you know, I mean, you know you're going to be there in 2032 or later, 
then go ahead and buy, even though effectively, at least in the early years, you'll be paying more to own that than you would to rent something equivalent. But if your ownership cycle is shorter, do not count on the past being the future. We as humans have a built-in what's known as inertia bias. Whatever we have experienced of late is what we think is going to happen going forward. And we're not in a housing bubble. We are not in a housing bubble. But the increases in housing prices we've seen are the past. They're not likely to be our future. Can I ask you a question about that? Just I've heard from people. What about the concept of a hedge against inflation by owning versus renting? Right. So that's where the 10-year cycle comes in. So if you're paying more, you're essentially buying an insurance policy against future inflation. But if you don't have a long enough ownership cycle, you have so many costs of purchase and so many costs of sale. I use simple back of the envelope that it's 10% up front, 10% at the back end when you are selling a property And in a time where the future value of homes is unclear, you need to have a significant ownership cycle to buy. And that does not deal with the non-dollars and cents issues Mm -hmm. because there are a lot of people who want to own a place. They don't want to own. Because forever, I've said to Lane, there have been many situations over our years together, our decades together, that I've said that you know, this would really be a situation that'd be great to rent. She's like, "Uh uh-huh. So look at this one for sale. Look at that one. Because buying or renting is not just about money. It's about other things as well. And my wife is a nester. Mm -hmm. I am too. I am not a nester. (laughs) I mean, I would be happy living my life in a courtyard by Marriott room. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have everything right there. (laughs) They clean it up for me. And, you know, I'd I'd be set. (laughs) All right. Well, let's get to some questions 320 square here. feet. I'm good. We've got Mahesh in California wrote in and said, my son, 20 years old, is going to school in Boston and does not have a car. He visits us in Los Angeles maximum for a week. He hardly drives in Boston as a good driver. My question is whether I should have him on my auto policy or not. Here's what my insurance company stated. Please note that once a driver is excluded, they will not be covered under this policy as outlined. That this means that if they choose to drive any motor vehicle, they risk being an uninsured motorist. Does this mean he cannot drive any car, even if he's visiting my sister in New York? And is there any auto insurance that he can buy only for the days he's in Los Angeles, maybe a week, a year? Okay, so Mahesh, this is a um, puzzle that auto insurance is regulated by the states and varies by state. At 20 years old, you may find it's better for you to have him as a student to have him on your policy in California as a non-owner policy. There's something that many auto insurers have where it's a non-owner policy. Or as someone who's off at school, you can have him named on your auto insurance in most states. And it's not a big bill because he's away from home and not normally driving a vehicle. And it would cover the small number of days per year that he's operating a vehicle. But to go without insurance is really risky, particularly with him legally being your dependent. And he could remain legally your dependent even after his 21st birthday 
in how the law is interpreted in many states where you could face the liability risk if he's in an accident in a vehicle. So talk to your insurer if you use an agent, talk to your agent about what is the best way either as a non-owner policy or as just an additional insured on your household auto insurance policy. This is from Debbie in Georgia. Is Truebill a trusted site to find out what subscriptions I'm paying for? So Truebill is a mixed thing. I would give it um, an incomplete, I guess. We have had a number of issues where people have had problems with Truebill actually increasing the cost of the services that they have. Um, It is, in theory, a really great idea that it automates looking to see what you're paying for, helping you eliminate subscriptions. But we have a pretty thorough review of how to, how to use Truebill and what are the potential gotchas that you have to be aware of on Clark.com because we really tested it for you. But I would give it... Some people love it. Yeah, I I... I mean, it's one of those experiential things that people who really found it saved them money would give it an A++. And other people who found, ooh, it actually hurt me in the wallet would give it lower than a C. So please go read the review for the nuances you need to be aware of using Truebill. And this is from Alex in California. Clark, for years, you've given us fantastic advice on saving money and avoiding getting taken, as you say. Was there a moment where you were taken? No shame in telling us Luke Skywalker lost his right hand and Rocky got beat by Apollo Creed. The comeback is always stronger than the setback. So, I need to tell you something. It's not how I got ripped off, but it's how so many of my listeners and viewers got ripped off following my advice. And it's something I wear as a cape of shame, sun rocket. Oh my gosh, how many years ago was that? I don't know, 15? (laughs) I don't know. So back long, long ago, far, far away, when phone service was a really expensive thing, and long distance was really expensive. There was a company called Sunrocket, marketing to small businesses and individuals, including my middle brother, who bought, I don't know how many years of Sunrocket service prepaid. Are you finding out what year it was? Mm-hmm. Ceased operations. Two- they ceased 2007. So uh, 15 we close, years yeah. ago. What did I say? 13. 13. Okay. So anyway, my my poor brother lost a few thousand dollars on SunRocket. Many of our listeners and viewers bought SunRocket where it was great. You weren't going to have a phone bill for years to come. And you had everything with SunRocket. It was one of the first efforts of true, complete phone service over the backbone of the internet rather than the traditional phone system and it was called uh you know packet service instead of circuit switched i think and uh, i collectively lost people i don't know how many hundreds of thousands or you always when you talked about that remember you said you're prepaying that makes me nervous you could lose money don't don't give me any hope all right sorry 
Don't give me any hall pass because what people heard was my enthusiasm. Think about it. How much you're going to save instead of being with a monopoly local phone company? You're going to save a zillion dollars. Oh, by the way, you're prepaying and you could lose all your money. What part did people hear? Okay. So it was it was my fault, my enthusiasm, and so it's the worst possible. It's not even my money I lost, which I would be fine with. It was your money I lost, and I will carry that to my urn and feel really bad about it. So uh, coming up, <laughs> something else that we are all experiencing you get in the vehicle, you drive somewhere to buy something, or you have an appointment somewhere, and you get there, and it's locked up tight. And it's not out of business. It's just not in business right while you're there. We're going to talk about that. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All different kinds of retailers people are showing up at and they're closed. I've noticed this and we talked about this months ago with restaurants that uh, not enough staff will show up. And the restaurant will close. It'll go drive through only if it's a fast food. Normally, you can go inside. And my son was telling a story about one of the um, Mexican quick serve chains where you go down a line and you pick out your food. And it normally would have like, I guess, eight or 10 employees. And he was telling me this very animated story where he and a friend went to get burritos. And there were only two employees who'd shown up. And you had to go to the door. There was no drive through And people were standing in line outside. And somebody would write a ticket. And you'd tell them what you wanted. And then they locked the door back. And they went and they made your burrito. And Well, they took your card, made your burrito, came back, and gave you your card and your burrito back. I mean, the, the labor shortages are so extreme. And a lot of places are just adjusting hours. Chick-fil-A has been really upfront about it. You know, they don't have enough people to operate efficiently. They're just opening late, closing early, whatever. And this is happening throughout the restaurant business. And it has spread to uh, all these complaints people are having who are scheduled at Walgreens and CVS for vaccines or whatever. They have an appointment. They show up. The store is locked up tighter than a drum because Nobody showed up to work. Maybe they have uh, COVID, whatever, but they're not showing up. And uh, Starbucks has had, uh, Starbucks is going through a really rough time right now in labor relations. They got a lot of unhappy employees. 
people are quitting. Did you see the thing about Noah's bagels? No. Okay, you got to see this on YouTube or wherever. There was a Noah's bagel that this very popular general manager with the employees got fired. And 17 employees all went in mass and shot video of it and posted on social media that they all went and protested the wow. manager being fired and they all quit all at once. And it was funny because I think about how many companies have like, I don't know where they come up with the people who are in media relations or public relations because they release these statements to the media after something like this that it's like, let's see, we already have a fire here. Instead of helping to put the fire out, let's pour gasoline on that fire. And the Noah's statement was a perfect example of it. But you should go look for one of the, because TV loved it. You know, so many television stations picked up the story of the Noah quitting. But grocery shelves with all the empty shelves in the grocery stores, a lot of this is actually because of the spike in Omicron around the country, the latest variant that has taken the world by storm with COVID. And there's not necessarily a supply issue with a lot of the items that are empty on various store shelves right now. It's that the truck drivers are sick or the distribution center warehouse people, a big number are sick. In the stores, you have people that are sick. And in a bad situation, these things are actually better in a way than what we had when there just weren't the goods. So right now the goods exist, the product exists, it's just not getting distributed. In the case of the supermarkets, perishables that are not getting distributed to the stores, that is a net loss. A lot of those things are just going to have to be thrown out as spoiled past date. But a lot of what we've been seeing since the Omicron is really because of the number of people just flat out sick and can't come to work. But in the case of the restaurants, like the uh, Noah's Bagel thing, that's another sign of what we've talked about for months, that you really got to take care of your workers right now. And I always wonder what happens when a really popular store manager, restaurant manager, whatever, gets fired, someone who the employees just adore, is, is it that the people at corporate just don't get it, that you get rid of that person, and what happens to the operation, what happens to the sales? But again, go watch that video. You know something else, completely different topic. Are we going to talk about hurts sometime soon? Sure. You can talk about them now if you want to. All right, so you had not heard me mention it before. Well, we talked, we had a question very recently about someone who had an issue with a chargeback and then Hertz came back and still was billing them and that's been happening right. a lot. And, and the then, other part of this story, you know, Hertz went bankrupt, has been through a lot of corporate tumult and has a part of their operation that's not together right now. And there are all these TV stories all over America about people being arrested for grand theft auto and spending months in jail 
till it gets cleared up. Yeah, one guy six months I saw in jail, and, and he had extended his rental. Um, apparently, it extended his rental, and something got messed up, and somehow he was jailed for that long. It's just crazy. And story after story around the country, and this is not the fault of the police. This is all hurts. But what happens is police officers are trained that when there's a grand theft auto, that that usually is going to be a dangerous police stop. And so they have backup, they go guns drawn, and you have these innocents that were renting these Hertz cars all over America who, because Hertz didn't have its act together through the bankruptcy process, they would swear out a warrant for a stolen car from somebody who's paying them for the car and have them arrested People get thrown in jail, they are charged with felonies, and it takes a long time to straighten it up. And speaking of the corporate speak, Hertz's statement statement was terrible to media after each of these TV stories. It's like, okay, Hertz, go hire somebody in media relations who actually has a clue. They're saying the majority of cases is when someone doesn't turn a car back in when the rental period is over. And therefore, it gets reported as stolen. But that statement's coming out after you see a profile of three people who had guns drawn on them. Oh, no, no, it's, you, t- you saw that one that story. One There's story. story after story yeah. after story around the country of Hertz just completely botching things and swearing out warrants for arrest. And, I mean, imagine somebody, a completely innocent party, spending six months till somebody figures out, huh, he didn't steal a car. He was paying for that car, and it's just absolutely atrocious. And, you know, unfortunately, the only thing we have in the United States is Hertz is going to end up, and it's, it's going to be its stockholders are going to ultimately end up bearing the cost of all the court judgments that are going to come out of this. But that doesn't heal people who have been good, tax-paying, hardworking citizens who end up with these felony records that they have to try to get cleared and spend time in jail or prison. I mean, it's horrific. And I cannot believe that a huge company like Hertz, yes, you went bankrupt, Hertz, but that they would mess up so badly. Um, Just know that Hertz has a big problem right now. They still refuse to take ownership and acknowledge the problem And that makes me really nervous renting from them. And by the way, if the people at Hertz who I've said are completely incompetent in media relations would like an opportunity to respond here on the podcast, as I always give any company the opportunity to do, you are welcome to come on and I'd love to hear your side of the story. And if you you want to be shocked, just go on YouTube and do a search for Hertz renters arrested or some term like that. And you'll see stories, I'm telling you, from sea to shining sea involving Hertz. And obviously, there's a completely broken administrative and operational thing going on at Hertz that would cause this to happen. Okay, Josh. What did that have to do with stores not being able to That's open. Okay, you hit COVID. two topics. Um, Josh in Tennessee says, I recently went to file my taxes using the IRS's website, and they now require access to your credit report and biometric data information through their ID.me accounts. 
While I understand that they are trying to increase security, this seems extremely invasive. Am I overreacting to this or am I justifiably concerned? Josh, okay, this is the lesser of evils. What we had a huge spike of starting in about 2014 or 15 and continued unabated for years is people that were doing tax ID theft, where they would file a tax return as if they were you. They would list all kinds of false uh, deductions and credits they weren't eligible for, list false incomes, and then you'd go to file your return and it wouldn't be accepted. And if you were to do a refund, a legitimate refund, you would wait for it as much as 14 months, more typically 10 to 14 months. So the IRS has adopted a procedure to try to ferret out the tax fraudsters and make sure that only the legitimate taxpayer can file his or her return and not some crook run off with the money. So making you go through an identity verification service absolutely is the least bad option versus what was happening before. This is from Katie in Maryland. I have a SEP IRA with Vanguard. My active duty military husband and I, with our combined income, are in the 22% tax bracket. You've mentioned many times that the taxes are low right now. So should we pursue a rollover to the Roth IRA, which we both have set up? Or should we wait until a deployment year when our income will be significantly lower, but the balance will most likely grow because this would be three plus years away? So 22% tax rate, I would say that any money you can put in Roth and your, uh, your spouse has option of going into the Roth TSP, and that would be a great way to funnel money in. It's the first priority is current contributions at a 22% tax rate should be going into the Roth version of any retirement account you can do. As far as taking the additional step and you voluntarily paying tax to convert an existing pre-tax IRA like a SEP into post-tax dollars, that is a, a further bridge and not as high a priority for me unless you have a tremendous amount of money sitting in savings earning nearly zero that you're trying to figure out some use for. So my top priority for you is that the savings you're doing now and going forward are Roth, not as much that you convert pre-existing SEP money. And we've been getting a lot of questions like this one from Daniel in Oregon from different states around the country. I own a gym and was shut down multiple times. I'm still waiting for my unemployment. I've called and written multiple times and they just keep telling me to submit a contact form. Oregon has had millions of dollars of fraud, but I can't get my legal unemployment. I'm wondering if there's someone I can talk to that can actually help me. Yeah, the only source that we found has been able to push the system with state unemployment claim problems. And those problems, because of the unusual nature of the pandemic and the various categories of people who typically were not eligible for unemployment, like the pandemic unemployment assistance that's now expired and all that, there were a lot of people who were in new categories. There were people who legitimately deserved it. There were people who were fraudsters. And so a lot of people like you who legally were entitled have not received. Go to 
the member of your state legislature. That's the individual who we found has been the most successful at getting the unemployment people to look at your application, review it, and process it where it's going no place. And it is a case where most of us don't even know who represents us in the state legislature. Find out who that is, contact their office, and those are the people, if they will do it, who can probably shake the money tree loose for you. And I want to thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you get a chance, review it. And Krista, you love these reviews, both positive and negative. Well, it really helps us because it makes the podcast show up higher. So it really helps us to grow. So we're so appreciative. And lots of people have been uh, reviewing the podcast lately on Apple Podcasts. And this one was from Missy, who's an RN in Florida. Part of her review said, I still learn so much every time I listen. Clark's commitment to not selling out is rare in our money first society. Well, thank you very much, Missy. I am unbought and unbossed, except my wife is my boss. <laughs> but I want to thank you and everyone who takes the opportunity to review our podcast. And again, I want to hear from you both positive and negative. If there's something you think I could do better, I want to hear from you. I'm really into the whole Kaisan, the concept of continuous improvement in my life. And that's why I love so much your feedback, not just when you enjoy what I do, but also when you don't enjoy what I do, which is why we have Clark.com slash Clark Stinks for you to let me know.